stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So very significant, potentially historic uh, discovery announced this week on the question of whether life exists within our solar system beyond our planet. Now, there have been some other contenders uh, for possible life outside our planet, uh, like the, uh, the moon Europa, for example. And even Mars, I, I think we, we've held out hope that maybe there could be something on Mars. Uh, but given the harsh conditions on Venus, it hasn't really been a candidate. You know, the question of whether, you know, billions of years ago, when things were a lot different on Venus, yeah, maybe. But would we expect to find anything there? So for a long time, we, we really haven't looked in that direction. Uh, but a new discovery suggests maybe we should be. Now, it's not confirmation uh, of life existing in the atmosphere above Venus, but it's a really strong indicator. A chemical has been detected that might have another explanation, but for now, the only explanation that fits is that there is life in the atmosphere around Venus. So certainly uh, the need for some more follow-up, but it's got uh, international attention this week for obvious reasons. And as it turns out, there's uh, a Canadian uh, who's at the center of this uh, significant discovery. Sarah Seeger is uh, Professor of Planetary Science at MIT in Massachusetts, a U of T uh, alumni herself, also the uh, author of three books, her most recent, The Smallest Lights in the Universe, a memoir, more at sarahseeger.com. Professor Seeger, thank you so much for joining us here this afternoon. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Well, like I say, this is an exciting, significant, probably, I, I dare say, historic. Uh, so tell us a bit more then about how this, this discovery was made, first of all. Well, it's kind of unusual in science because the search for life in Venus's atmosphere, it's fringe. It's like a laughable thing that people don't usually take seriously. But a radio astronomer, someone who uses radio telescopes, named Professor Jane Greaves from the UK, decided to search for signs of life in the Venus atmosphere. And she dug through all the scientific literature and came across this very unusual gas most people haven't heard of called phosphine. And she decided to look for phosphine in Venus's atmosphere. Now, independent to her, my team had been working on phosphine as a sign of life for a completely different reason. And then our teams uh, were connected by a mutual contact and worked hard to try to understand why is there phosphine in the atmosphere. What, what like is I phosphine? Add, I just want to add one more. Right. Yeah, phosphine. Sure. Go ahead. Phosphine is a gas made of four atoms, a phosphorus atom and three hydrogen atoms. So on Venus, like on Earth, there's no basically no hydrogen, not floating around in the air or anything. And also, the temperatures and pressures, both here and on Venus, they're not high enough to make phosphine. So it's a gas we could say that doesn't belong. And the team worked through all kind of known possibilities, like volcanoes, or lightning strikes, or a meteorite entering the atmosphere. And we couldn't find any way that could produce phosphine. So what, what would suggest that this might be life? What, what is the biological process then of, of some microbes or, or simple forms of life that would lead to, to phosphine being produced? Right, right. And I really liked your intro because you did be, you were very cautious. Like, we don't know if it's life. Right. We do know, though, that on Earth, phosphine is only associated with life. It's either produced by us humans, for example, as a pesticide, or it's found in oxygen-free environments like swamps and wetlands. 
and inside animal guts. So it's associated with animal waste, and it's actually found in, I read this paper saying it's found in relatively high concentrations over penguin colonies, like penguin poop. Mm-hmm. So, but it's so mysterious because although people are convinced it is made by life on Earth, we don't know exactly how life makes it. Not yet. We're hoping that people will try harder to figure that out. Right. And so, as, as you say, I mean, when, when you've got this as a tantalizing possibility, you, you want to be cautious and, and sort of take a, maybe an Occam's razor approach to this, that, that there must be a, a simpler, less exotic explanation for this. But I guess as you start to run down that list, you start to rule out most other candidates. We do. Most candidates we know about. There could always be, like, it is a pretty crazy thought that there's life in the Venus atmosphere. But And it's equally crazy, too, that there's some kind of unknown chemistry that we haven't been able to figure out yet. Yeah. Yeah, either way, this is quite fascinating to discover for different reasons. You know, in science, like, in science, sometimes we are left in limbo. We find something intriguing and we tell the world really specifically to motivate more work on that topic. Yeah, and (laughs) that must be... uh... I, I think for, for most of us, we don't like uncertainty. We don't like uh, no, those no. those cliffhangers that, that never get resolved. <laughs> right. But that's that's part of the reality of being a scientist, isn't it? Right, right. And this was about five years of work, by the way. So this you know started about five years ago, and it just came to fruition. So we have to tell people after all that work, because it could take another year or years to make more progress. Now, obviously, like, I mean, you know, we're, we are talking about, if, if we are talking about life, um, essentially microbes, but... You know, what's, what we're talking about here is so much different than what we know on our planet. And, and Venus and its atmosphere being not just different, but, but so incredibly harsh. What, what kind right, right. of life could this possibly be? Well, we don't know, actually. So we do know that on Earth, we do have life in our clouds. Bacteria get swept up from the surface, and they go inside cloud droplets. Some stay freely floating, but they eventually come back down after about a week or so. Yeah, and, and that's where the similarities end. So we're going to, um, we and others hopefully can start thinking about what components life has to have because these clouds aren't made in Venus. They're not made of liquid water. They're made of something called liquid sulfuric acid. And they're so acidic that it's like a very toxic chemical for us and any life, any building blocks of our life, like proteins or DNA, they would be destroyed in sulfuric acid. Now, in terms of distance, Venus isn't far, um, relatively speaking. I mean, the, the idea of collecting samples seems at least plausible, but what's a realistic next step here in terms of, of trying to, to answer this question? Well, it is a realistic and exciting next step to think about sending a mission to Venus to go in the atmosphere. And sending samples back is harder than sending instruments, scientific instruments, to work in the atmosphere and to send the results back to us. So we hope to be able to do that, and we hope that um, others will send missions to Venus as well. It's kind of like you hear about Mars a lot, and right now NASA has yet another rover. It's on its way to Mars right now. And Venus is sort of the neglected sibling in the solar system, in the inner solar system. It hasn't really had a lot of attention. So it turns out a lot of people are working on Venus and working towards space missions to go there. I mean, it, it is a, it's a fascinating planet in its own way with, with quite a, an interesting history, uh, even aside from, from this discovery, which is huge. I mean, it, it, is, it is certainly, as you say, overlooked. It doesn't seem as exciting to us as, as other planets. But 
Um, what, what, what do you find most interesting about her? I just find most interesting that Venus and Earth, you know, they're about the same size. They're about the same mass. They probably are built of the same material. Yet just because one Venus is just that much closer to our sun, it ended up having a completely different evolution. Mm-hmm. It would be like a sibling study, maybe not a twin study, you know, but if you had some children and they were separated from each other, some siblings, and they grew up and they became completely different. And that's what surprises me most about Venus. Well, I look forward to, to learning more about uh, about this potential uh, discovery of life, and uh, it's certainly a story that's uh, captured international attention and imagination this week. Uh, Professor Sager, thank you so much for making some time for us here this afternoon. Really appreciate this. Thank you. All the best. Uh, that is uh, Sarah Seeger, uh, Professor of Planetary Science at MIT, uh, one of the researchers involved in this uh, earth-shaking discovery, shall we say. Which, again, it's not, wow, look, we found aliens on Venus, but it's, we found something that we just cannot explain. So if anybody thinks they can, have at it. And obviously at this point, nobody has. So it's, it's an explanation that fits. It's a remarkable and exotic explanation. But for now, it's the only one that fits. So as she said, I mean, it's a mystery. And either way, the the answer to it is is significant either yes there is some kind of microbial life that exists in the atmosphere above venus which is huge or there's some kind of unknown and undiscovered sort of chemistry going on here which is maybe not as exotic but is still incredibly significant in its own right so hopefully we'll get an answer to this because not getting an answer just would be awfully frustrating Okay, 974-8255 is our number here, 403-974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.